<laughs> if it makes if it makes the shiny shoot Republicans feel better, you know, if it helps them relax, well, <laughs> they could go ahead and pretend that we're not actually seeing a, a cultural revolution driven from the very top. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Sound a little, uh, if I sound a little wigged today, if it, people have been asking me, so when the podcast starts making money, that makes money now, but when there's profits and you start hiring more people, what's the first hire for you? Because right now, I mean, where we're spending money, we're spending money. We'll start spending money to promote the podcast soon coming up, but we're spending money on some senior strategists and big time radio people. And we're spending money on a really, you know, we're spending money. And my wife, my wife likes to ask me just as I lay my head down to sleep, by the way, when are we going to turn the corner? Um, We'll do that. It's coming. And someone said, what would be the first hire for you? You know what it would be is I never want to talk. I never want to touch a computer again, ever. I want, um, and well, see now there's me just screwing things up. I want, I want, I want. All right. Lord, um, if there, if you could see it in your graciousness, once you determine to give us the profits we need, and you'll determine that, Lord. You'll 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 determine that. If you could find somewhere, Lord, to have me never have to touch a computer again in my entire existence, <laughs> just pay someone to do that. I know world first world problems. The um, the people at the top are busy making sure that we're not the first world anymore. And by the way, that's a that's a uniquely unchristian view of first, second, third world. We're all one world. We are the world. And that's true. Jesus is Lord of the world. But what is being done to our country? And particularly under the lens of racism, the, the racism of the party. What's being done cannot be described as anything but a cultural revolution. And they never, ever have ever occurred without violence, ever. And well, we're seeing the violence now. It's just that as we've talked about countless times, some violence is okay, some isn't. It is okay to beat people up in the tunnel outside the Capitol building and in fact to perhaps kill a woman by beating her in the head with a baton while she's passed out. That's, that's okay. It's okay to shoot Ashley Babbitt. And and why am I bringing this all up? Because tomorrow, episode 58, hour one, you're going to hear from Julie Kelly, who's written a phenomenal book about January 6th and has the best coverage on all of this. You'll hear some details about January 6th, including some breaking news about what's going on with our political prisoners. And she will give you the timeline of FBI involvement and agent involvement and asset involvement. Well, 
the first breach of the exterior exterior Capitol grounds happened at about 1250 that day while President Trump was still speaking, by the way. And so this is when a man named Ryan Samsel um, sort of overran this thin line of metal racks um, and overran a thin police line, about four or five Capitol police officers. And then they, this group advanced towards the Capitol building. The person who whispered in Ryan Samsel's ear before he knocked over those, uh, those gates was Ray Epps. Ray Epps. Oh, Ray Epps again. You're going to hear tomorrow the point of view of the party, and she is not, not skipping Mitch McConnell's role in allowing this to happen. Because Mitch McConnell allowed it to happen with his good friend, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, That can only be described as the activity of a cultural revolution. That you allow this event to occur. And in fact, you'll hear from Julie Kelly, her assertion that the FBI enticed it to occur. Perhaps caused it to occur. Now that's one action of the party. Here's another. And then we'll get to the ultimate in cultural revolution. The ultimate in cultural revolution is the government picks a special class of person. And that special class of person can do no wrong. And that special class of person is told and shown, we are getting yours. If you give us what we want, we'll give you what you want. You're going to get your opportunities for revenge. And they seek to put into the hearts of people the belief that they deserve revenge or that they require revenge. They seek to insert that in people's minds and in their emotions And the Democrats want to fund this with $70 billion of your money. So again, if it makes the shiny shoes feel better, guys, you can, you can pretend all day long. uh, I I call you guys. I just misled. uh, 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 American people just need to understand. We need some tax cuts. We're going to get you some tax cuts and uh, bring a judge on there. uh, um, Stand up for your second amendment rights. Right for life. Right. Hey, Mitch, what about the Cultural Revolution? Uh, American people don't understand that tax cuts, uh, chicken in the pot. Got it. Brett Baer had a so-called congressman. Uh, Adam Smith from the separate country of Washington State. Heads up, well, no, hat tip to my former colleague and, and friend, Jason Rance, who pointed this out on Twitter. He's at Jason Rance on Twitter. Adam Smith is talking to Brett Baer. And Brett Baer is talking to him about Russia, fair game. And then Brett Baer and Adam Smith sort of suggest that Brett Baer slipped this into the conversation and that I wasn't specifically briefed about this. I don't. So they're talking about Russia, but Brett Baer brings up that thing about, oh, yeah, speaking of Russia, you know, when when Hillary Clinton's people decided to uh, hack the computers at the White House to, you know, insert a link to Russia where one didn't exist. Listen to the way Smith attempts to downplay this after they go through the inherent talk about Russia. Um, This John Durham filing and this investigation into the Trump Russia probe. This is a quote. Tech executive one tasked these researchers to mine Internet data to establish an interference. 
inference and narrative tying then-candidate Trump to Russia. In doing so, Tech Executive One indicated that he was seeking to please certain VIPs, referring to individuals at law firm One and the Clinton campaign. What do you make about this and where this is going? Well, the number one biggest thing that I make out of this, and I will directly answer the question in a second, is we got real problems in this country right now. Um, certainly, as we're trying to come out of the pandemic, inflation, the impact on the economy of our kids that has been well documented for two years, um, not having the normal social interactions and things that we need to address, the constant back and forth over over the Trump years and all of that. You know, I hope we can also stay focused on the issues that are really impacting people's lives right now. Now, off the top, and I wasn't, you know, directly prepared for this. Remembering uh, back yeah. to that whole conversation, two things. One, there was a legitimate Justice Department investigation going on about the Russian attempts to interfere with our election in 2016. Some of that investigation crossed over into people that were not just linked to the Russians, but also had links uh, to Trump, Paul Manafort, others. Um, second, you know, Hillary Clinton was running a campaign. Donald Trump was running a campaign. You know, Donald Trump was, you know, using the, the email scandal. Um, against Hillary Clinton. And I'm sure if Hillary Clinton thought that there were links between Trump and Russia, you know, if they could find out you know, what those links were, that's part I'm of not, it. I'm not going to go down this road too much because I know you haven't read all the filings, but yeah. we're talking about here a, a campaign that infiltrates a computer system and creates a narrative and then does so, according to this filing, for the president-elect of the United States. That's a different kettle of fish, isn't it, Congressman? And if you go back and you look at what was being said at the time and how many people were saying Russia, Russia, Russia and the coverage, if you look in the context of this filing, it's a much different thing. I get your preamble. We're covering all of that and the concerns that yeah, are facing no, this country. But this is a big deal, isn't it? Well, again, and I, I will sort of reverse Rubio. Let, let's see. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this this is alleged. Um, we got to go in and figure out exactly what is there, because this will be one area where I will disagree with Senator Rubio. Um, the idea of making stuff up about your political opponents is in no way unique to those who oppose Donald Trump. Breathtaking. The idea of making stuff up about your political opponent has nothing to do with the hacking of the White House. That's not making stuff up. That's manufacturing evidence. This would be just like someone who wants to frame you coming to you and planting drugs in your car. It wasn't there. They broke into your car. They planted drugs there. Now it exists. And Adam Smith contends that's just making stuff up. That's just lying. Violating the IT security of the White House to not just spy on the White House and a sitting president. It is to go into the White House having violated the IT security, then to insert false evidence and then talk about that evidence as if it was real. This would be like someone decided to take you down by hacking your computer and putting images of children being raped or going into your bank account and inserting illegal monies or withdrawing monies. That's what this is. 
And Adam Smith, because he's a member of the party, wants to make this about a, a, a flu. And then it's about lying. You see, this is what is goes on in a cultural revolution. It is showing people the party is omnipotent and omniscient. It can do and be, it can do everything. It can be everywhere. And so disturbing to this to me is the fact that they've also established foot soldiers and they're paying the foot soldiers off. This has to be the most filthy portion of all of this because it's being done in a way that is uniquely ungodly. Racism is ungodly. Because God created humankind and because you, you don't even need, we don't even need scripture for this. Well, we need scripture to know God's word. I should be precise, but we don't need specific lines of scripture. We can go through the, the what has happened. God created human beings. We were so repugnant to this, this angel. He found us so repugnant, was so offended that God loved us, that he, in fact, rebelled against God and took a bunch of angels with him to hell. And he has to know he's going to lose, except he keeps convincing himself he's going to win. God then went through all sorts of methods to try to bring us back after Adam and Eve screwed up and went and, and, and partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He sent prophets. He flooded the earth. He, he then, having flooded the earth, repopulated the earth and said, I'm never going to do this again and, and sent more prophets and, and sent his word. Uh, and, and when that didn't work, he ultimately sent his son who then allowed himself to be tortured and beaten and spit upon and, and they attempted to degrade him. And he was the perfect example of humility. And he went to the cross and, and he, he did all of these things for us because he loves humankind. He wants as many to be saved as possible. Nothing in that contained race. God sent, the, the Lord Jesus sent the apostles, you know, go out throughout the, the earth making disciples and finding them and teaching them my word and showing them how to follow that and, and then have them make disciples. So racism is uniquely evil. And that it, 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 in fact, hates God's creation the way Satan hated God's creation. The same people who are saying, it's okay, Hillary was just lying, it, the same people who say it, it's okay to let people to, to foster the events of January 6th and then to pretend we didn't. The, the same people are saying it, it, it's okay to burn down American cities if, you, if your feelings are hurt and if you're black. If you're black and your feelings are hurt, it's okay. If you're white and your feelings are hurt and, and you walk into the Capitol, well, then you're terrorists. And it's okay to call the government to say all police are, are white Nazis. All police are racist white Nazis. All of them, all of them need to be defunded. That's okay to say if you're black and your feelings are hurt or if you're white and you are a woman, a man who pretends you're a woman, then it's okay. That's okay. But if your feelings are hurt about election integrity and you question it, you're a terrorist. If your feelings are hurt or your, your conscience is hurt about what has been done to the world under the cover of COVID and you call, you cause people to question the public health authorities. Well, at that point now, now you're a terrorist or you're a domestic terror threat. And if you're a trucker or you use money to, to send funds to truckers through GoFundMe, we, we talked about this last hour today. 
If you're that, then you're a, you are a terrorist already. And we're going to seize your monies and your digital assets, including your cryptocurrency, because of what you think. Because of the people for whom you buy food. Because that's not the sort of protest that's allowed. The truckers are not helping the party achieve their goals. Only people who help the party achieve their goals get the largesse of the party. That's what we see with the school unions. That's what we see with the, with the, 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 the public health workers. And it's now come to this. The Democrats want a $70 billion committee. That's a racial reconciliation committee. And to fund this to the tune of $70 billion, this comes from the National Pulse. House Democrats introduced a bill that have passed to declare an unconditional war on racism while establishing the Department of Reconciliation as a new federal agency. Let's start with this. How do you have a war on an emotion at the same time as you are propagating the emotion? It is not a war on racism. It is a war for racism. It is a war to flip society. What is a cultural revolution it is to take the government that exists and to replace it with another. In, in, in the government that we have is broken. It is corrupt. And part of their desire is to have us say this. This is the great, great, unavoidable Gordian knot that they put us into. Me pointing out the corruption of the FBI can play into their hands. You pointing out the corruption of your local school board can play into their hands because their ultimate goal is to have 30% of America believe that America is irrevocably broken. Why? Because then, according to Mao Zedong, who had some knowledge of these things, according to Mao Zedong's theory of revolution and of insurrections, that once 30% of a populace believes that the country cannot be saved... It's going to fall. It's not if, it's when. It's going to topple. So how do we avoid falling into that trap? Remember this. God is our hope. Remember this. The Lord's face shines upon us. We're going to be okay. So let's remember that. Let's remember if God Almighty comes to see that we are repentant for what we have allowed this country to become, God can once again turn and have his face smile upon us. If we give in to, well, just a new group of people will rescue us. We are, we're, we're toast. So when I talk about the fact that the FBI is corrupt and the CDC, it is. And humans have a sin problem. And people who recognize a creator, the creator, and understand that they come to serve, not be served, and understand that there's such a thing as godly laws without, without installing a theocracy, that you simply do not create laws that offend God Almighty, such as murdering children, such as teaching racism, such as promoting racism. If you do those things, then you don't fall into the trap of the cultural revolution because the trap of the cultural revolution is to have us say, yeah, 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 let's fight. 
Let's 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 arm up. Let's fight. That's what they're seeking. That's what they're seeking. Hey, my friend Dave the Digital. You know, I should get Dave to do. <laughs> Dave once said, Todd, why don't you just fly out? Why don't you just fly out to Idaho? Get all the tech stuff fixed. I like that stuff. I like doing it. Why don't I just fly out there? You know how embarrassing that would be for me? And truly, tech hates me. It does. Uh, there, uh, every time I've ever had a tech person who worked for me, like at CTOs at my big companies, every time that has happened, tech people say, things happen to you that don't happen to anyone else. Truly. And, and this morning, it was the SD card on my, uh, my podcasting device decided to, decided to become corrupt. It told me while, while I was recording, your SD card has become corrupt. See, everything's corrupt. So in any case, I, I may have to have Dave fly out and do this all for me. But I, I, I honestly want someone who just sits here and does it. All right, I'm being selfish. Stop that, Herman. So Dave the Digital doesn't just do that. He does work to help you get found the right way on Google. Let's talk about Google Maps. Does it have the right information for you? Does it have your current location? Do you have a new location? Does it have the right hours? What reviews is it showing? Then let's shift over to Google itself. Have you searched your business from a desktop and then from a phone? Have you done things like pizza place near me? Have you used various spellings, pizza, or, you know, various phraseologies, pizza restaurant, pizza to go, delivery pizza near me. And just for example, if you're in the pizza business, you do an audit like that. If you're not in the top three to five results, then you are simply not getting the respect you deserve from Google. If you're any type of business at all, if you're a great business, you should be at the top. So instead of paying Google to buy ads, pay Dave to solve the problem with search engine optimization, not search engine marketing. Now he can help you with the marketing stuff too, if you decide to buy ads, but let's get the search thing fixed first. So get in touch with Dave, the digital at greenhaveninteractive.com. He's a Christian conservative working very successfully for decades in an industry controlled almost completely by leftist atheists. That's Dave, the digital is his name. That's not his name, but we call him Dave, the digital. It's at greenhaveninteractive.com. So the same party that is declaring war on institutional, on, on racism, which is an emotion. And it's, a, it's an emotional set of, it's an emotion informed belief. So it's not a logic informed belief. It's not a scientifically informed belief. It's been through history that it has been regimes like this that use race. Mao Zedong could have used race. He used station in life. And that was his big advance. Hitler used race. Stalin used race. Pol Pot. You can go through the, the, the long history of evil. Used race. The shameful episodes in our country of, of you know, race mongering against black people, against Native American people. It was a sin, a, a human sin that has been completely stomped out to the highest degree in the West. So they're trying to bring it back. Because it's the most useful tool of tyrants. So the same agency, the same party that wants this agency, this federal reconciliation agency for $70 billion, has their adjuncts in the American Bar Association teaching race-based focused lawyers to teach them that America is still inherently racist and that all things are racist. So back to this article. Declaring an unconditional war on racism and invidious discrimination and providing for the establishment of a cabinet level 
Department of Reconciliation charged with eliminating racism and invidious discrimination. Um, and it's sponsored by some notable anti-racists like Maxine Waters, who hates white people. Ilan Omar, <laughs> who hates America. Rashida Tlaib, who hates America. And the, 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 the cabinet level. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, pardon me. January 6th committee chairman, Bernie Thompson. <laughs> Got it. Number one, you cannot eliminate an emotion. Number two, you cannot eliminate racism by installing racism. Number three, making this cabinet level. What does it mean? What does that mean? The Congress of the United States has allowed itself to be completely bypassed. If we could hire and elect servant leaders who recognize God Almighty, who recognize they are here to serve and not be served, who recognize, because people like to quote Romans 13, who recognize the fact that we have a United States Constitution that is the ultimate law of the land and the inherent Bill of Rights and amendments are the ultimate law of the land. It is not the purview of judges to reinvent what the words say. If we, the people, can look at the plain language of a law and see that the, 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 the Supreme Court lies, for instance... Obamacare, I'll say it again, John Roberts pretended that Washington, D.C. is a state. Question, is D.C. a state? No. Can John Roberts make it a state? No. Was his ruling based upon D.C. being a state constitutional? No, it was not. Because D.C. is not a state. So we can turn to the United States Constitution as the ultimate law of the land, We have servant leaders that we hire, that we elect. We can go back to one of the original sins of departing from the Constitution, which was the invention of these bureaucracies. Because what the bureaucracies get to do, such as this cabinet-level racism committee, which exists to take from some and give to others, because the Cultural Revolution is showing, they're showing people keep burning cities, Keep teaching racism. Keep being angry. We're going to give you what you want because what Rashida Tlaib wants, what's Ilan Omar wants, they want to see America destroyed because they have expressed their hatred for America. I believe it was Ilan Omar's daughter who was involved in helping to burn down our cities. So what the bureaucracies would get to do, this cabinet position, level position would get to do is it would get to create a regulation publish it and say, here it is. And then Congress would have to vote within a given period of time and a given percentage of members to override that. So an unelected, unconstitutional bureaucracy invents a law and then it is law unless Congress stops it. So what becomes the law? The law becomes an official pronouncement of what is racism. All right, let's play with that. You have people who use the phrase old white men. You have people who use the phrase whiteness, and it's not just general white rage. You have people who believe that in the DNA of white people is an inherent flaw that makes them racist, and they can't overcome it. 
There's no reconciliation. Well, no, there's reconciliation for that, but there's no redemption. It is an original sin that cannot be washed in the blood of Christ. Now think of that. What do we know about the blood of Christ? We know that sin can be washed, that only in fact the blood of Christ, and only in fact that redemption is that which makes us righteous in their sight, that, 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 that God decides to make us righteous. We don't earn it, but God decides to give us that out of his great, great love for us. Not so in the critical race theory paradigm. In the critical race theory paradigm, you are born with the mark of racism in your genes if you have a certain percentage of melanin missing in your body. So when they take this cabinet level position, they can then decide what racism is. And we're already seeing like the Anti-Defamation League, I think it is, has changed the, the definition of racism from a belief that a certain race is superior to others to white racism. They have specifically changed it to white power. And that renders other races of people, and I hate the whole construct of race because it's the devil's invention. They take other so-called races and say, you do not have this sin. You don't need redemption. Now, again, I'll make the comparison. The left is erecting a religion opposite of Christianity in everything they do. They erect a religion opposite of Christianity. Well, God so loved the world. He sent his only son. And we know what happened to his only son, what his son allowed to happen. In the paradigm of the left, if you're absent a certain percentage of melanin, which makes you appear white, not even God can love you. Or Kenny, because they're busy erasing God. We talked earlier this week with Jim Walsh, godly state rep in Washington State. They're trying to erase the name of Jesus Christ from prayers on the house when members give the prayers. All the other religions get to state their stuff. There it is. Right out in the open. It's a cultural revolution. Shiny shoes can pretend all day long it's not, but it is. I don't know. This is this is the realm. Inflation is the realm, one of the realms that Mitch McConnell likes to fight. Uh, American people understand affects uh, uh, inflation. Uh, it raises a, a price of putting a chicken in a pot or a family of five uh, uh, going to Disneyland. Uh, like I've been going to Disneyland, uh, but come to Kentucky too and, and take advantage of our big pharma. So he likes to talk about inflation. Well, inflation is rising. And when you see these changes afoot, it is always good to take a look at your retirement and see where you're at with that. Now, if you're listening and you're thinking of all the things that the big companies have started to do, and you're thinking of the ESG score, for instance, um, environment, social justice, and governance, which is to replace the balance sheet, (laughs) is to replace the profit and loss statement. So if you work for a big company and they're going to get into the ESG score thing, you know what that means? All their employees have to have their heads together. Right? You have to get their heads right on the E, the S, and the G. Well, that stuff's on the forefront. This would be a good time to look and see if you can retire. 
But man, this is a risky decision. And my friend, Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management, the chief investment officer there, they focus on risk management. And for years now, on his very good radio show, Know Your Risk Radio, he's talked about that. He's also recently helped a bunch of people find their way to early retirement where they didn't think they could early retire. And they got the great, happy surprise of a lifetime where Zach at Bulwark Capital Management went through the retirement plan and came out and said, yeah, not only can you retire, you can probably do so in style. So over half the people who contacted him found out, wow, I can retire. Be a good time to get out. So if you don't know if you can retire, how about if you find out if you can? So call Zach Abraham at Know Your Risk Radio, Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. And understand this, prior to becoming a client, investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. And part of the part and parcel of the cultural revolution, of course, is flipping the money. $70 billion to be handed out. Over 30 House Democrats have signed on to the bill with key co-sponsors, including, we talked about the uh, co-sponsors. Here's more of the document. Whereas racism and invidious discrimination like poverty in 1964 remains pervasive in our country, whereas history is replete with examples of victims of racism and invidious discrimination being denied life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, whereas systemic and institutionalized racism and invidious discrimination exists in virtually all areas of American life, including policing, criminal justice, housing, banking, voting, employment, education, the environment, and healthcare, there's not an area that this committee is not going Going to touch and incidentally let's talk about the phrase invidious discrimination because this committee will also get to describe and define what what constitutes invidious discrimination it won't be harvard blocking black pardon me blocking asians from getting into harvard which they did they did that so they could get black people into harvard and it's racism. And they did it in a disgusting, ungodly way. They invented a personality test. And Asians flunked. Oh, oh, by the way, they never met the Asians. They never met anybody. The personality test was on paper. So the, uh, the admissions counselors, so-called, could look on paper and go, wow, this guy seems really unlikable. Have you ever met him? Nah, but look at his picture. He's smirking. He's smirking like that Trump kid that, that beat up that um, Native American when that Native American was on the steps of the Capitol and the Trump kid smashed him in the face. That never happened. Well, it should have. The bill invokes the death of George Floyd, claiming the event was a clear indication that it's become necessary for Congress to take divisive, immediate, long-term legislative action to address the elimination of racism and invidious discrimination. We're back to that. So invidious discrimination, what else would that be? Because we know it's not blocking Asians from getting into Harvard. Oh, I know. Well, men or women, it would be invidious discrimination for you to say, actually, no, a man is not a woman. Well, then there's $70 billion of the federal government to come along and invent a rule and install it into your workplace and say, unless you take a personality test, how does this not work out this way? They've already decided there's a genetic test to be able to work. It's like Gattaca. 
Well, let's check and see if you've got foreign mRNA in your body. Let's uh, We can do a D-dimer, uh, see if you've got the, uh, enough blood clots. Oh, sorry, you don't have enough blood clots to have a job. You probably didn't get injected with the mRNA, so sorry, you don't get to work. So then they can come back on this invidious discrimination front. And, and you think they can't? They're creating all these employment requirements up to and including. You have to get injected with something that, that, that mathematically cannot help you. In fact, immunologically cannot help you because you already had the virus, you recovered, you've got robust immunity. We're going to make you get injected with something that, in fact, looks like it destroys immune systems so you can have a job. So how does this committee not come along and have a test for employment? If they are going to have the force of law, if they get the $70 billion in funding, why would they not come up with a test? You've got the ESG score that's going to be put into businesses. Why would you not go into the, the employees and say, you're going to need to stay here. We're going to need this. And it goes further. And again, there's an article here from the National Pulse, and it's a great write-up. So please click on it and share it. The bill calls, okay, so we talked about that. The agency's budget would be at least 10% of the Department of Defense's budget. The proposal appears to heed anti-racist activist um, Ibram X. Kennedy's demands. Okay, Kennedy's. So he's a guy, as I understand it, who earns about, what, 50 grand per speech to say things like, the problem with white people is they're white, and the problem with whiteness is that it's made up of white people. The DOA would be, this is the uh, Department of Anti-Racism. The DOA would be responsible for pre-clearing all, for pre-clearing, pre-clearing, would be responsible for pre-clearing all state, local, and federal public policies to ensure they, they they won't yield, uh, yield racial inequality, or probably inequity. Monitor of those policies, investigate private racist policies, private racist policies. What's that mean? Whatever they want it to mean. When racial inequity services, okay, services. So, for instance, they would go investigate, why are there so many black players in the NBA, but not white players? No. They would go investigate, why is it that all the skill positions in the NFL seem to be held by black people? No. No, they wouldn't do that. Because that that can't be racism. The DOA would be empowered with disciplinary tools to wield over. This is is language in a bill. Or no, at least it's it's, it's from his demands. This is from his demands. So I guess this isn't in the bill. The DOA would be empowered with disciplinary tools to wield over and against policymakers and public officials who do not voluntarily change their racist policy ideas. (laughs) Yeah, we need you to volunteer or we'll wield the power of government against you. We'll wield it. (laughs) But you can always prevent the wielding by volunteering lest we wield you. I need some volunteers to not get beaten because we're going to beat the other people who don't volunteer to not get beaten. Ah, and it all comes back to the cultural revolution. So if it makes the shiny shoes feel better, please be my guest. Please continue to pretend. It's just an election. 
It's just politics. It's just that you misled opponents. Just have some wrong ideas. And for those of us who aren't willing to pretend those things, a reminder that something Jim Walsh told us recently about these bodies, these unelected positions that do constitute the deep state, by the way, them and their adjuncts like the American Bar Association. And then an attempt to wrap this up in a godly way. I don't have time to listen to as many podcasts as I would like. Um, frankly, it's as much radio as I would like. And, and often I try to spend my time outside the show um, listening to godly things and reading godly things more and more and more. My morning is devoted to that. So I have to admit that I don't have a, a great telescopic view of what's being discussed with other podcasts. So I say this with humility because I don't know. Uh, if this is really common and this stuff is discussed all the time from a perspective of putting God at the center and politics at the edges, and we're not the only one doing that, please promote everybody doing it. If they're doing it from a godly biblical perspective, please promote everybody. If this is unique and you find it unique and you feel other people need to listen to it, would you join the team of people who has grown this podcast? We did a 64% month over month growth. We recently had another period of growth that was about 15%. And we're going to continue to see this if it's God's will. And if people will continue to share the show. So sometimes you share the episode with 10 friends and, and two become listeners. You know, after three or four episodes that make sense for somebody and, and speaks to them, they may well become listeners who then download the program. And a reminder tomorrow, episode 58, hour one, Julie Kelly will tell us all about January 6th, including who is still being held in the political prisons. So you might want to let your friends know in advance that that is on the way as well. The trap is something that I struggle with every day. Um, one of the things I didn't talk a lot about, one of the reasons I did the ridiculously bad partner show, Candy, Mike and Todd, was I wanted to try to be part of bringing the country together. Because blessed are the peacemakers for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. And I discovered that absent the Lord changing people's hearts, he's allowing the nation to be completely divided. I sat with people who have the capacity for great human kindness. And there were people in that newsroom who I thought were wildly irresponsible in terms of reporting. And, and I'm not criticizing the organization. I mean, the organization was so good to us. I have, I have absolutely no criticism of the organization. Humans are flawed. And these were people who had great, great capacity for human kindness. And I mean it. I mean, and I experienced it from them. So I know that in their heart, there's goodness, but they were so taken by these ideas that they would report things irresponsibly. And again, that's not a, it's nothing derogatory of the organization. And it occurred to me, this can't be done with absent the Lord. And I didn't want to go back to dividing. I don't want to divide. And this is where I think I differ with so many of my friends when it comes 
to politics in the church. My wife and I discussed this the other night. I have a lot of friends who are saying to me, look, from the pulpit, we need to speak from the pulpit. We need to speak politics from the pulpit. We need the pastor to speak politically about the left, about the party. I understand the instinct. I say reverse it. Take the church into the public square. Take the pulpit into the voting booth. Take God's word into town halls. Challenge people who want to be public servants with first showing that they know what the ultimate act of service was and continues to be. That of the perfect humility of Jesus Christ. Here's what happens, though, in my mind, when you bring politics into the church, you bring the cultural revolution. You bring division. Satan was the first politician, first special interest groups, first wedge issues. So let's say that you live in a very conservative area and your pastor speaks about the threat to the Second Amendment and 100% of the people agree. Great. Now you've broken down the barrier. Now you have politics in your church. Next. Your pastor speaks about critical race theory and and 95% of people agree. And next, your pastor speaks about transgender ideology and 90% of the people agree. Now, eventually down this path, you're going to get to something like zoning. I'm very frustrated and very sad to see the city of Coeur d'Alene bringing in these undoubtedly corrupt San Francisco and Portland-based transit consultants by, by almost by definition corrupt. Now, all of a sudden, uh, 70% of people agree. Oh, I like the trains. I like the trains. And still, it's just 70%. And then it comes to Social Security. Maybe there's a bill. Pastor speaks about this. Well, I'm of the mind that right now, it takes about 14 working people to pay for the retirement of one social security recipient and understand something. I'm not blaming you. If you're on social security, you didn't bankrupt the system. They did, but the system's bankrupt. That's why it will fold in my lifetime. It will fold that then 50% of the people agree because 50% of the people said, wait a minute, wait, I paid into that. That's my money. I, I, I didn't get any help. That's not, an, that's not welfare. That's my money. Well, yeah, you paid into it. And the politicians stole the money. And they borrowed against it. And now it takes 14 working people to pay you to not work. And again, I'm not blaming you. Now that comes into the church. You're divided. Satan has stuck his neck in stuck his head in and he loves it instead of focusing on making disciples and on the great commission these people are arguing about social security i love this so much so to turn that back around and flip it back around yes these agencies are corrupt the way to make them less corrupt is not in fact to bring in perfect people because none exists. It's to bring in the perfect God because he does exist. It is to vote like we pray. 
It is to demand that you want to be a public servant, then show to me, prove to me you understand the ultimate act of service, the ultimate act of humility. If you don't understand that, I question your ability to be a servant. At least in a nation that that the number one thing this nation needs in order to survive is to turn our face once again to God Almighty. But right after we drop to our knees and put our face in the ground and pray and then maybe look up at him. I'll include myself in that gladly. This is the Todd Herman Show. We appreciate your support. Now, go be well, be strong, be kind, and be right with God.